When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my name is Philippa Nessel, and you're listening to The Hook Rock with Jay Scott. Welcome back. It's the Hook Rocks, and it is the post-Thanksgiving show. You guys are all sitting on the couch or laying on the couch. Big day for college football on Friday and Saturday. So hopefully you're relaxing, watching some TV while the wife or girlfriend is out uh, enjoying Black Friday, trying to get all the deals and tackling fellow customers at Walmart and Target to try to get the TV that they want to get while you're just sitting at home. Just taking it easy, letting that tryptophan settle in the stomach and the gut and taking uh, taking naps throughout the day. This is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, great network of music-related podcasts. You can check out Pantheon Podcast at PantheonPodcast.com, as well as the social media apps, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pantheon Pods. Check out some of my friends on that platform, like Matt from the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast, Tom and Zeus on the number one rated Kiss podcast, shout out Loudcast, Mistress Carrie, the legendary DJ out in Boston, and you've got Ron and Esty, Vinny Apice, and Carmen Apice on the Hanging and Banging po- podcast, and Chris and Aaron on Decibel Geek, so check out all those and more on the platform. Check out some of my friends outside Pantheon like uh, the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. They do a great job. Love those guys. Bend and Scoop, another great rock podcast, as well as Pod of Thunder, which uh, I absolutely love those guys. Those guys are absolutely hilarious. And the Itch Rock and Radio Show with Aaron and the boys from uh, downstate St. Louis. Aaron is actually from Chicago, like uh, like myself. But they do a great show as well. So check out all those and more. Don't forget to set your app to automatic download wherever you do podcasts uh, for the Hook Rock. So you get the latest episode right to your phone. We've had some 
great episodes recently. We just did our live album review with Judas Priest, the Unleashed in the East 1979 live album. We had GA20 on the show as well, the great blues band who just had a number one blues record on Billboard. The album is Crackdown. We had Moon City Masters, great band from New York. That is uh, big things are ahead for them as well. Plus, we did our review of the Tyler Bryant Show and the Blackberry Smoke Show. So check out all those and more. We do a lot of great new music spotlights and great music commentary. Love the episode we just did with Christy and Eagle on how TikTok and the algorithm is ruining rock music, how it's throttling discovery of new bands. So check that out. I'm sure you'll enjoy that. And we've got another fantastic episode for you. Uh, it's an individual that is part of the Groove Council that I mention here often. And of course, they celebrated the 400th episode with me. And we're going to be talking about his love, his collection, you may say addiction, to rock t-shirts. You know, that thing that's hanging on behind the merch table that all music fans should go and purchase at every show to support the young bands, support bands in general. Well, we're going to talk to Rich, and he's known as Fossil Man on Twitter, about his collection, how it started what makes him want to buy a shirt, what he looks for in the shirt, what's his most prized T-shirt, his oldest T-shirt, all that stuff. Rich, what's going on? Thanks for doing this. Can't wait to uh, have this discussion with you. Hey, Jake, thanks for having me, man. Well, it's awesome. You know, before we get into it, obviously I got to ask you the question that we always ask first-time guests, but this is exciting because the rock T-shirt is kind of like the badge of every rock and roll fan, right? I mean... When you walk out of the house and you got a rock and roll shirt on, you're telling everybody who you are and you're telling everybody what you're about and you wear it like a badge. It's a badge of honor, the bands that you support, the bands that you love, and it's like a walking billboard. So we're going to get into that dynamic because it's an interesting one. But uh, before we begin, as I mentioned, we always start the same way every time we have a first time guest. It is actually Rich's second time, but we didn't have time to do it on the uh, 400th episode show. So we're kind of going to backtrack a little bit. And that question is just like every rock fan has a moment or every rock song has a moment that hooks you on that song. Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, a band, an album or performance that hooked you on rock and roll. What was it for you? So for me, it was a couple of things, uh, a couple of events, both in 1983. I think I was a sophomore in high school, maybe a junior. And I went to my first concert ever, uh, which was a Billy Squire concert at the Lloyd Noble Center in Norman, Oklahoma. Somehow or another, me and four or five other guys got down on the floor. It was utter chaos and pandemonium. Um, I mean, it was everything you would expect from a rock show in the 80s. Um, You know, I'll just leave it there. Uh, But it was great. And that was it was it was just a unbelievable experience. Uh, A few months after that the quiet riot uh, metal health album came out. And uh, I remember just wearing that thing out um, when it first came out. And those two things, I kind of never looked back. It was just a little kid from small Southwest Oklahoma town. And those two experiences was just a whole different world. You mentioned that Billy Squire show in 1983. I think people forget how big he was in the mid eighties, you know, he had a run of hits, you know, whether it was the stroke, whether it was, um, 
Lonely, um, Lonely is the Night. Um, was that was it? Lonely is the Night. Um, and uh, was it Emotions, Emotions? Yep. Which was which was uh, another big My Kind of Lover. Uh, he just had a whole big run of hits during that period. And it was the, at the dawn of the MTV generation. And he was one of the first faces of rock and roll as part of that, that MTV, that new era of video. Yeah, he was. He, he was good. He took a, probably some unjust criticism after one of those unfortunate videos on MTV. But it, I don't think it was as bad as everybody thought it was. And I can't remember the name of that song, but he took a beating for it. You remember that one? Yeah, the one where he's dancing around in like neon clothes and sweatpants yeah. in his apartment. Yeah. What was the name of that tune? Uh, I totally slips one. I'll tell you a side story real quick. Our friend Chris in Canada um, pointed me, I don't know, eight, nine months ago to a place where I could actually get a shirt from that Emotions in Motion concert, which was that very first concert I went to. So it's actually over here in a frame along with the album. 39 years after the concert, I was able to get the shirt. So, um, yeah, unbelievable coincidence but more than that you know chris um was able to point me to an online site that had it and it took me about seven seconds to grab that thing up and i've got it now <laughs> that's a fantastic story man good for you that's that's great to have that you know as a memento of your first show um that's that's awesome that's really cool so getting into the t-shirt like i mentioned it is a, a badge of all rock fans to wear their shirts proudly, uh, to have it part of their wardrobe, and to basically speak to other people as they pass, you know, other people by, whether, you know, in the mall or wherever they're at, of the music you listen to and what you're about. I've always found that part of it fascinating because, you know, there there are pop music fans and other genres of music, but the rock t-shirt, the tour t-shirt or whatever, you know, t-shirt you get from a rock band has always meant, I think, a little bit more to the rock and roll fan because we just don't have one t-shirt in our collection. I mean, I've got a, I've got a decent collection. I don't have what you have. <laughs> you know, I've got about, you know, three dozen rock t-shirts, maybe two to three dozen rock t-shirts. Um, and it's always picking the one that I want, what I look for in a shirt. And I guess the first question I have for you is when you are purchasing a shirt, what's the first thing you look for? It almost always has to be black. I, I do have a few non-black shirts, but almost all of them are black. And then I like, I'll have to back up just a, a little bit and explain that a little bit. So at first t-shirts for me were, kind of a, a living memorial or or track record for the concerts that I had seen, the bands that I had seen live, this type of thing. And in the mid-90s, I did go through a period of enlightenment where I kind of shed all my rock and roll things from the, from the 80s and early 90s. But I don't know, maybe 2007, 8, 9, somewhere in there, I started collecting them again. And I still stuck to that. I mean, for the longest time, if it's a band that I've seen live, I'm going to get a shirt. And it's just a, a way to keep a record of, the, of who I've seen. That was what started it. And then this thing that happened to all of us in uh, 2020, 
uh, came along. Two things really um, from, you know, paying attention to yourself and, and others on, on, on social media, a lot of the other group council members, I started being introduced to a lot of these young bands. And even before COVID, it struck me that a lot of these young bands that are not just in the U.S., but all over the world, I'm not going to get to see them live. You know, Thunder Mother was such an unbelievable rarity that they actually came and did a tour here in the U.S. And I, I was actually able to see them live, but many of them I'm not. And so beginning right before COVID and then directly because of COVID, I had to change my decades long policy of, Hey, you know, just buy a shirt if you've seen the band. And now it's, if you like these young bands, get a shirt, help support them, this type of thing. That is a, a great way to support new music. One of the things where it's very important to the hook rocks is always spotlighting new bands and the way the music business and the landscape of, of the music business has changed over the last couple of decades. These new rock bands really struggle to get support. They struggle to survive more so than before because they don't have the platforms. They don't have the outlets that will play their music. You don't hear new rock music on the radio. Very, very few bands, handful or less, are, are played on the radio that are rock bands. And you have to reach a certain level of streams and views and whatever it is these days that you need to get to. You got to jump through a lot of hoops to, to be able to get that. There's not a lot of independent radio stations across the country so there's not really a lot of freedom for a DJ or a programmer of those radio stations to play what they like, which is what the era that you and I grew up in. You had independent radio stations all across the country that would play stuff that they were into. And that's kind of how you got exposed to things. Or one of the part, one of the reasons why you got exposed to things was DJs were, were able to play anything. They didn't have to play the hit. They could play track eight on an album that they liked, but it was just a deep cut. So with that being said, you know, the revenue streams for playing a song on the radio that you would get money for, those are that's non-existent now. Streaming money is basically pennies. So how do you support these bands, whether they're new bands or acts from when we grew up that are still touring, still making new music like LA Guns and other bands like that. How do you support them? Well, you got to buy their merch. You got to buy their physical copy of music. Now, the way that breaks down financially and economically, when you buy music, which is always great to do when you buy the physical piece, the margin that they get or the, the money they get from that is not as much as a t-shirt, as one of the other pieces of merchandise they have at a merch table, whether it's a sticker, a patch, whatever it is. So the majority of the money when you buy a t-shirt as a fan goes to the band and it's a great way to support these new artists, like you mentioned. And I think that's lost on a lot of people. I don't think people understand the connection between how these bands are surviving versus what they're listening to. We've heard that phrase, the tour used to support the album. Now the album supports the tour because these bands have to tour pretty much constantly, 10 months out of the year, pretty much, nine, 10 months out of the year. So when individuals like yourself do that, that means so much to these artists. That means so much to these bands. And anyone that's listening, 
you don't have to wait to go to a concert to get the t-shirt. Like Rich said, you know, some of these bands you'll never see. Some of these bands, even in the States, you won't see because he's got a Christian Shields shirt on, which I love Christian Shields. His album that he released, I think it was in 2020, was a fantastic album. Was it 2020 or 2021? I forget. But thank you. Funny. Yeah. He's a great artist. He's in Texas and he's an independent artist. Because of COVID, it's probably been challenging art with artists like him to tour. And to, to get on a tour, you need views, streams, like I just said. So Christian Shields may never make it up to Chicago. He may never make it up to like Seattle or Northern California or wherever it is. So there's not just bands from Europe and overseas that may not come here because of the expense. It's also expensive now with gas prices and all that stuff to put together a tour. But you can go to their website. And you can buy their shirt if you like their music. And that helps that artist. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier the kind of badge of honor. I can't tell you how many times we're traveling somewhere. We stop at a, at a quick stop, you know, bio break. Even uh, an example, there's a place in Kansas one time years ago, probably 10 years ago. We stopped. A guy's got a pretty boy Floyd shirt on. And I've got, I don't know, it's probably Jackal or somebody. And just right there, um, in a quick stop in Kansas, we talked about rock and he said, Hey, have you seen pretty boy Floyd lately? They're putting on really good shows. I'm like, no, have you seen Jackal? These types of things. And it's like, we knew each other forever and exchanged a little bit of information there right off, right off the bat. And then with the newer bands, I found that I've been able to mention newer bands to a number of people. Um, that probably would never have heard of them before or without me wearing a shirt out there. And, and I'd like to think at least a few folks uh, have become big fans. I know that you mentioned Greta Van Fleet earlier, a lady that does business with our company met with her out in California and, and actually turned her on to that band. So she's like a massive fan of them, you know, because of a, of a, of a shirt kind of a thing. So, and, and I think if I could go just a little bit deeper on that, I think there's, a couple different kinds of people my age. I'm, you know, mid fifties, grew up in the eighties, that type of thing. And there's a lot of folks that, and you've talked about this many times on your show, uh, a lot of folks that are like, no, you know, I'm beyond that. I grew past that and all those things. And then there's others that you'd be surprised. All they got to do is see a shirt and it just opens up the floodgates for them and the, and the memories come back and, uh, you know, the, they'll follow you on the social media and they'll look at your Twitter and they'll look at the bands that you're mentioning and these types of things. For whatever reason, they won't jump out and do it overtly, but little things like a T-shirt or like a Twitter post um, just takes people to a whole different place. And I think it's important, especially in these days when it's so hard for a young band to, to make it any money at it. I, I told the entertainer this week, you know, Hey, I appreciate you so much. I, I don't know how you do it. it. I know you're not making it killing, but thank you for the music and thank you for, for the effort. Cause I appreciate that. Can you imagine what it would be like if everybody just quit and there was no, no new rock coming out? I don't want to think about that. <laughs> that is like, yeah. What would we do? What would people like you and I do? who go to shows and listen to music, we'd be lost. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess we'd listen to the catalog that's already out there, but I tell you what I wouldn't do is convert to some of those other forms of music out there. I would never, ever do that. You mentioned, you know, about having conversations with people that you see 
you know, with with a rock T-shirt on. And there's really been an evolution with the way of thinking. And I think it really comes from the 80s, because when you wore a rock shirt in the 80s, you were kind of classified as a kid as a possible troublemaker. Right. I mean, if you you know walked and you had your rock T-shirt on in school, the black shirt with the jeans, you were labeled by the teachers, by the by the, you know, the the staff at the school, other parents. They didn't know you. They didn't know who you are, but you had a black maiden shirt on or if you had a black Motley Crue shirt on or whatever, you were, no, stay away from that kid. I don't like the way that kid looks because I got it from before I started wearing rock T-shirts, even though I loved rock music. You know, my parents would say that to me. Well, now it's evolved through rock T-shirts really become a a fashion statement because there was a period in, in large part, it still does exist where these young starlets in Hollywood or other pop artists or, you know, young actors in Hollywood would wear rock T-shirts on the red carpet or when they're out of the club and they're video or they're photographed by TMZ or some, some, you know, tabloid magazine and they have that shirt on. It's like, a, it's always almost like a cool thing, even though if they never even knew a song from the band of the shirt that they had on. So it went from this, this label of a young kid to fashionably acceptable kind of a hip thing to have the t-shirt to now, like you said, I don't remember growing up, people our age that are our, that were that were our age back then wearing rock t-shirts like an adult right but you know on a saturday or sunday in the summer friday night i'm at a sports bar or whatever i got a led zeppelin shirt on i got a black top mojo shirt on i got you know blackberry smoke shirt or tyler bryant i mean that's kind of part of my wardrobe but it's become a lot more socially acceptable and like you said see someone with another t-shirt you kind of already know you have something in common with them. And I go back to that interview I did with Devin Allman, where he talked about switching schools a lot when he was a kid in high school. He was in a different high school every year. And when he went to school, he saw all the kids with the rock t-shirts. And he's like, that's who I knew I was going to party with was, was those guys. That's, and that's kind of how he bridged the gap and became friends with those guys. So it does, it is a social, like, I don't know what the right word is, but you do find something in common with someone and you're more likely to approach them and ask them about the band or say, Hey, nice shirt. Like I wore my Thunder Mother shirt a lot since I saw him in September with the Scorpions. And I would have people come, Oh, that's a great band. That's an awesome band. I'd be like, Yeah, they're totally kick ass. And that was awesome. That's a good feeling that people know them and people are willing to say something to you and say how great of a band it is. Yeah, and I think the other thing that I found is it helps, I think, people to understand a little bit more about who you are, at least who I am when I wear a shirt like that. I mean, if I could, most people on the Groove Council are professionals. They're, you know, very good at what they do in their respective fields, all these kind of things, right? But all of us also haven't lost the ability to disconnect from that and just be kind of who we are as rock fans and as people and this type of thing. So to me, the shirts, yeah, I can be, I can be stuffy and, and everything all day long if I need to be, but this is kind of who I am at the core. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a freedom of expression type of thing that I think almost 
if you want to say it's a label on on where I'm coming from and these types of things, then so be it. It's a label. But the inclusiveness, not just, you know, with somebody recognizing the shirt, but being at a show. I mean, very few places that I've been are more, you know, open and inclusive than when some rock band takes the stage and however many people are in the place or just they're, they're there for, for the same reason they they're, they're, they're it's hard to explain. I'm probably butchering that Jay. No, I get it. You, you know, like it is inclusive because we all have that in common and people that are willing to wear that shirt out. Like you said, you know, we, we all, a lot of us have professional jobs, you know, members of the group council and a lot of rock fans do. And this is kind of almost the anti, like what we do during the day. Like, you know, we got to you know dress business casual or some people have to wear suits to work and whatever the case is that when you are out and enjoying with your friends or family or whomever, you're going to put that rock t-shirt on because it like, it, it, it balances your life, right? It balances that stuffiness that you have to deal with 40 hours a week or whatever week, you know, hours you work to kind of, you know, taking it easy and, and having a good time. And it kind of represents your state of mind, like where you're at, yeah. like what's important to you. And, uh, and I know no politics, I won't get political, but so many people, so many of us have put these binary, binary artificial boundaries on ourselves. It has to be, left it has to be right it has to be whatever whatever and it's just not it's not true you can be whoever you are in a professional world and you can be a big rock fan you can you'll love this one you can love legacy rock acts like i do i am an absolute jackal addict and i absolutely love a ton of these new bands as well for me i'm lining up a concert uh, calendar or I'm lining up t-shirt purchases or whatever. And I don't go by, well, these guys were out in 1985, like a wasp. I, I, I bought a wasp shirt recently, right? That's great. They've been around most of my life, but I've also bought shirts from bands that just now started. And I, I don't understand the artificial binary nature of people's minds and, and the things they put on themselves. And the, the music's a great example of that. And I honestly think the shirts to a small degree, perhaps, um, help erode a little bit of that. That's such a great point, right? And, you know, we'll, we'll stay on the surface of it, you know, what, what we talked about. But that's so true. You hear so many people say, I can't stand conservatives. I can't stand liberals. But when you're at a rock concert, you're surrounded by both. And you have that in common with you where you're enjoying rock music. And you may talk to someone at a show who's, completely on the other end of you politically but you got a rock t-shirt on that band you're seeing he's at the show or she's at the show and you're having a good time you're talking to someone you just met five minutes ago because you're standing next to him it doesn't matter at that point what your beliefs are and that's the way it really should be right yeah. i mean we've become so tribal and 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 this artificial loyalty to these parties which no one should ever be right you should never be 100 loyal to any political party but we're all rock fans. We're all enjoying the music. And that's more of something to build a relationship and connect with than politics, right? I mean, that's something that, think about the conversations you have about politics and about music. Politics is primarily a bitch session because you're not happy with this. You're not happy with that. Music is a conversation of joy. 
Like, remember this and remember this, remember this tune. Oh, remember that track on this song? No one ever hears about that track. It's, it's so, it's so great. Oh, check out this new band. One of the funniest things, it's kind of like a social experiment at this point. When I hear people on social media say, oh, new rock sucks. And I'll respond, well, what about this band? Oh, these guys are pretty good. <laughs> what about this band? These guys are pretty good. I'm like, so it doesn't suck. But you've, whatever reason, put this in your head, because maybe you heard a, a song that you didn't like. You've labeled on new music as bad, but it's it's really good. But it, you're right, though, Rich. It's funny how people are so dismissive on on, on things, but like hardcore on other things. And it doesn't make any sense. A rock fan to me is a rock fan, and that's a friend because you like rock music. Um, and there are bands that in their shows, uh, bands like Lizzie Hale, bands even like, if I'm not mistaken, the last Judas Priest show I was at, where they will, even from the stage, um, go out of their way to make everybody feel comfortable yeah. and, and uh, make sure that they know that it's just one family there. It's not a whole bunch of different you know, different divisions or whatever. So that's what I, I really love about it. Um, there was a time I felt like I couldn't be a um, kind of a good guy and a hard rock fan at the same time, which is why I ditched all of my, uh, I mean, everything, albums, CDs, T-shirts, everything that I had. Um, I wish I hadn't because uh, some of that stuff um, <laughs> is worth a lot of money now. <laughs> Yeah, we we all have stories like that. If you've if you've lived long enough, you've gone through that period where you've gotten rid of your old albums or old music, and now you think back and you look on eBay or Discogs, and you're like, "Damn, I had that," you know. And I'm slowly trying to rebuild the albums too, the vinyl, and I'm just over a hundred right now. But my goodness, it's uh, it's so expensive now. It is, you know, and I don't know if that's just because of inflation, because of the supply and demand, or just the way things are with collectibles now. Hopefully that comes that, that comes down sooner or later. They could be guys like us trying to rebuild our collections. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. Um, when you talk about the Rock T-shirt, we kind of touched on it, but I want to dive back anyway. It is a walking billboard for the bands, and that's another reason to support the artist is – Obviously, financially paying for the T-shirt, buying the T-shirt at a show at the merch table or online. But when you wear your their shirt out, it's not going to happen all the time. But the way we are so connected to our phones and technology, I can almost bet that at some point through a weekend when you're wearing a shirt, someone will get in their car and Google the name of the band on your shirt. Or someone, will, when they get home, will go on their iPad or their computer and Google it because we're so connected. That's how we get information. And not everyone's curious like that. But, you know, if you walk in a mall and you're passing, you know, you pass 100 people that you walk through, maybe one or two people will look up that band name. So that's also an important dynamic of, of the rock shirt, especially nowadays, too, because they don't have the outlet and the resources to get their music played. No, it's absolutely true. And and these these bands, especially the young bands today, they're so appreciative whenever you buy a shirt, whenever you buy a CD, these types of things. Um, I suppose it's always been true. I, to be honest, I don't recall enough from the 80s to, to tell you, but 
just the observation, the, the, the young folks involved in rock music today, they're just phenomenal young people by and large. I, I don't think I've met one um, that's not a, just a super, super nice person, super high talent, high motivated, you know, type people. And I mean, those are kind of people that if you can make them feel special for a minute, if you can, if you can help them out just a little bit, why not? Yeah. I mean, you'd love their music, right? You want them to succeed. Like we talked about in the beginning, what would happen if they all quit? We don't want them to quit. We want them to keep going and keep playing. And it's a tough business. It's harder to make money probably more now than ever uh, in, in rock and roll. And that's why fans like you and fans like other members of the Groove Council, you know, really do their part in in helping these bands and supporting and trading music and trading bands and knowing that it's the important thing is getting people, getting ears on, on a band or an artist. It's not about, you know, where you discovered it or who, who led you to it or whatever it was. It's about just the joy it brings you and knowing that you're supporting these young bands support themselves. But yeah, and there are some bands, Jay, that I will hear. Um, like, I think, I think it was Jason, maybe, uh, that mentioned river ghost uh, a few weeks ago or a month ago. So I listened to that and I immediately went on their website and got a shirt. Right. I mean, it's uh, a lot of these, a lot of these things, it's, it's really a lot of times a two-step process. I'll hear about them. Somebody will tell me about them and then I'll go listen. And if it's bands like, you know, like a gunshine down in Florida, which are a stone whiskey, I think in North Carolina, these kind of guys all over the country, I'll immediately jump on their website and get a shirt. Others I've been, you know, lucky enough to be able to see live. Unfortunately, there's a list as long as my arm. I still want to see that I just haven't been able to yet. Yeah, it's um it's great when you do like a rock and roll road trip and you go see a band and you put, you know, you got enough money put aside for merch at the show because that's important too. Uh yeah, I, I love doing that. And and now, you know, I've kind of touched on it a little bit too. You know, I had a health issue a couple months ago. It's almost like it's reinvigorated me, like in, in terms of being adamant about going to a rock show, like not slowing down. You know, it's been a little over 60 days since my operation. And I just completed my 10th show with wow. Tyler Bryant. And, you know, 10, you know, not 10 show for the whole year, 10 show in the last like 60 days. You know, so it it just it keeps driving me. It's helped because music helps me heal both physically and mentally, I believe. And just being able to go to these shows, knowing what I've been through is 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 something that uh, that I need to do for myself. Absolutely. The other thing I know you meet some of the other group council members because a number of the folks are, are from Chicago. But the other thing about these trips, it's just life experiences it's it's quality time my wife and i go to a lot of things together we went to uh firewater festival the whiskey myers festival there. i was supposed to go to that but i had my operation yeah, yeah. Oh. and i mean it was it was a great experience i mean the folks camped out in the woods i mean it was about as primitive as you could get uh with people literally crawling out of the woods everywhere and everybody wanted you to come 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 to their campsite sit down talk these types of things just a great experience. And I think, 
I think I bought a shirt for all except for two bands that were there that I thought were a little too country for me. Um, but yeah, I, I got a shirt from everybody else at that band or at that uh, festival. And the other thing recently, my buddy in Wichita and I, um, I drove up to his place to see Texas Hippie Coalition in Wichita. We got a wild hair, decided to drive to Fort Smith, Arkansas the next morning to see Jackal. And at Fort Smith there, we met a few of the other folks off of Twitter, not group council folks, but just just Twitter followers, met them for the first time. And, and it was just, it's like family. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, it's so true. Like the, the people that are from Chicago on the, in the group council, they've all been to shows. We've all met each other and it's, it's like family. It's like, it's, it's like we never, it's like we've known each other for 30 years. And, you know, we hang out, we go to dinner, you have a couple of drinks with each other. It's just a great experience. And, and it goes back to that rock and roll, that love for rock and roll and love for, and everyone on the group console loves those legacy acts that we, that we love, you know, from we grew up. And they also support the new bands too. And that's like the perfect mix, especially for our age, right? I mean, you want, I mean, obviously my son who's 17, he likes classic rock bands, but his, he's really jiving with the new stuff and that's, he should, that's, that's his generation. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, it's a great experience. Whenever you meet someone, you can talk rock and roll. I mean, the whole genesis of me starting this podcast was talk rock music. I never have a bad time talking about rock music. (laughs) I mean, so Uh, the more the merrier, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I just wish more folks would take a breath and stop it with the binary thinking. Stop it with the artificial boundaries, those types of things. Um, you can love old rock and, and new bands at the same time. I mean, I, I listened to a band that I've heard of for, for a while, uh, listened to them the last couple of days for the first time. And I know, I think it was Carl in, in Houston that, that, uh, mentioned them initially. And that's that, uh, Paralandra, right? I, I'd never listened to them before. I kind of was guilty of that myself. I'm like, ah, now they're too much this new particular style. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to like them. And I listened to them. And it's like, oh, that that singer has a fantastic voice, right? So, I mean, even even as recently as the last two days, um, listen to somebody for the first time and really like them because of a recommendation from someone else. Yeah, I was supposed to go see King Buffalo this past week. And I've, it gets mentioned a lot in the Groove Council and then a lot of the year-end album reviews that we do. And I've kind of listened to them here and there, but never really sat down and just focused on it. And I listened to their last album that they released a couple months ago. It was great. It was awesome. And the only reason why I didn't go see them was I was dead tired from work that day. And it's really hard at the age of 47 to do three shows in a row, three days in a row. I, I've done it and I need like four or five days to recover afterwards. It's just, I, my body is not built the same way as it was years ago. I mean, it's it's like I'm dragging ass for a few days after that. 47, huh? <clears throat> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I, am, I am 55, so... Well, but we're kind of in the same demographic, though. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you do three shows in a row, and those next few days after that, you're like, man, I am exhausted. Yeah, pretty much. Um, 
yes. I'll just put it. I'll put it that way. Yes, I, I could give you some kind of smart answer, but no. Yeah, you're I, absolutely exhausted. I'll still do it uh, on occasion. I mean, I've I've gone to jackal shows back to back to back nights, right? Where I have to get in the car and drive X number of hours to get to the next show and all that. And it's fun, but it wears you out. Yeah, it does. It does. You don't realize how physically taxing it is, but it is, especially as you get older. So how many shirts you got? I think I have 253 shirts right now. If I'm not mistaken, I've got three or four I haven't posted yet. Um, I did get up to posting number 250 and stopped to kind of tip the cap and showcase some of the younger bands, my favorite bands. I, I actually posted over the last three days, I think 20 of the young band shirts that I have. Um, and I already have a few comments from folks on Twitter. Hey, I, I've never listened to these guys before. I'm going to go check them out, that type of thing. So um, it worked, right? That's, that's why you, yeah. What's your, what's your most prized t-shirt? The one that you won't, you don't want to wear. Oh, I got to be honest with you, man. The, the, the Billy Squire shirt, the fact that I could obtain that shirt 39 years after the show. And it is, it's an original from that tour. It may or may not have been in that same facility with me that night. There's no way I'll ever know that, but you know, 39 years after my, my first concert, I was able to get the shirt from the tour. I already had the, the vinyl album. So I was able to put them together in a display and, um, to me, that's that's my favorite. I don't I don't see how I could ever get one that means more than that one. For sure. What about your oldest T-shirt in your collection, like the one you've had the longest? Probably a jackal shirt from the late 2000 aughts or maybe early 2010s, somewhere in there. Because, um, you know, I had a lot of older shirts, but I got rid of I got rid of them. So. You know, my problem is now is I have a you know a teenage son who, like, you wears my old shirts that I don't wear anymore, so he'll walk out of his room like, "Hey, isn't that my shirt?" He's <laughs> like, "Yeah, but you don't wear it anymore." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, I guess it's yours." I, you know, in the fact that he's enjoying it, whatever. Yeah, I guess it. I guess it all works out in the end. Yeah, and unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm not sure which the case is, but I I've lost a ton of weight over the last year because. My bad health year was last year. Um, it, it was not pleasant. I think I had to miss five concerts that I'd already bought tickets for and all those things. But the result of that is I've got shirts ranging from large all the way up to 3X. And I'm looking for something creative to do with the uh, 2X and 3X shirts, something that will both preserve them and make them some type of uh, art form or a displayable art form so i'm hoping i don't know in the first calendar quarter of 23 to to have something to show folks on that um if if it works and uh i can afford it because it's probably gonna be really expensive but if it works uh it'll be really cool can't wait so do you already have the idea then uh pretty much yep yep all right yeah, and there's a lady in uh, Kennesaw, Georgia, who I don't know if you've seen the the custom jackal table she made for me. Yeah, it's round table. Jesse and the guys all signed it, and and she protected it and all that. Uh, it's her. I mean, she uh, is fantastic at what she does, and I'm hoping she can do something really neat with these shirts. 
what shirts do you have your eye on that you haven't pulled the trigger on yet? Oh boy. Um, so uh, other than every time a new Jackal shirt comes out, I will get it. And there's a few folks like that. When Abby K puts a new shirt out, I will get it every time. Christian Shields puts a new shirt out. I will get it every time. So some of these younger artists, um, pretty much I'll get one iteration of all of their shirts. Then I may, I may dig into some of the older bands a little bit more um, shirts that I used to have and don't anymore shirts like Iron Maiden. um, Some of those. Iron Maiden in Metallica, when you think of those two bands, I mean, their, their catalog of shirts is just very extensive. I mean, if you've it, it, ever seen, like, there's some sites that have the history of, like, the band shirts. And literally, there are hundreds of... When I went to the Metallica show in Florida a couple weeks ago, I don't think I saw one duplicate Metallica shirt. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's because they have so many for so many years. And you know, then they were selling... All the merchandise they had was for that show at that at that event. So they were not selling any other shirts. It was all for the uh, the um, Hard Rock Hollywood Casino uh, in Florida. So, and every and when you walked out, there it was all gone. Like everything had been sold, except for some small T-shirts and stuff. So, those bands really know how to how to really market themselves and and sell the uniqueness of the shirt. What's the most unique shirt that you have? Oh wow, the most unique. It's hard to say to to me, to me, they're all kind of unique and they're all kind of special. I I don't know how to answer that question. That's a hard one. Yeah. That's like saying, which one of my kids is my favorite, man. And you know, you got one, (laughs) (laughs) but you'll never say it. Um. I think I have 25, 26 different Jackal shirts. Some of those from the very early days when, when I really first started getting to know the guys a little bit and, you know, chasing them around the country. And some of them are are autographed by all uh, four members of the band and one or two of them are framed. Those would probably um, qualify as the most unique or my favorite other than the Billy Squire shirt. Mm -hmm. And probably also my my gateway drug to the t-shirt the reintroduction of the t-shirts because once i started grabbing those man it was left and right and then when i decided it was one of those artificial boundaries to only get shirts for bands i've seen live then the floodgates really opened and some of the groove council members were laughing at me here in the last couple days hey didn't you go from 200 to 250 very quickly and i was like well yeah the minute that i said i was done at 200 those floodgates opened up and shirts just started coming in left and right. And right now it's almost like a drug, man. I don't, I don't know if I can stop it. I'm eyeballing the Paralandra, uh, not just the shirt, but the collection that includes vinyl CD and a bunch of other stuff all at the same time. So, you know, you may, you may see that one here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta send out a picture of that for sure. So, what uh, what does your wife say about all this? Like, 
so my wife is extremely patient. I mean, she, she knows me better than anybody else in the world. And she's still with me anyway, and still loves me anyway. But most of the time she just shakes her head, rolls her eyes. Um, you know, do you have to buy every shirt, that type of thing? And of course the answer to that is absolutely, um, have to have every shirt. Right. Uh, I did think of a funny story related to her. She's in a, um, a, a crochet group for, for a charity that uh, our, the church that we go to uh, operates and all that. And they needed help moving a bunch of stuff one time. So I was like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll move it all for you. So I go up there and I'm moving stuff for them while I'm wearing a uh, faster pussycat dirty 30 um, anniversary shirt. And if you've not seen that shirt on the collars, uh, it has uh, basically a hand flipping people off right so i'm running around in there basically flipping off all these uh elderly ladies uh and you know most of the event went by before i realized it and it was it was really embarrassing but funny for sure <laughs> you got labeled by the church groups that day yes i did i i, I uh formed some beliefs in their minds i think which is fine because they're true <laughs> I just, I, I'm just laughing at the idea of you in a church setting or a church group setting, walking around with a faster pussycat T-shirt, and then the bird on both sleeves. That's, yep. that's classic. Yep, that uh, true story. It's, it's, it, those are the things, man. It just makes it special. There's a the guy at work. He'd wait for me every Friday when I wore a rock shirt to work. Every Friday, he would come by just to see what I was wearing, and then he'd go check the bands out. Right. Uh, if it was an older band or a legacy band, he already knew about them. But almost all the young ones that I would wear, he would go check out. So that I mean, that's that, it makes it fun. My son, who's a senior in high school, I was telling this to uh, High Stick Mick and uh, Chicago Chris last night at the Tyler Bryan show that he has won, he has worn a different rock T-shirt for the last six weeks to school. And I went to him, I go, hey, you should probably wear something besides a black T-shirt because you've worn a black T-shirt for like four weeks straight. You know, whether it's a Maiden, Metallica, uh, Ace Freely shirt, whatever it is. So the next morning he comes out with a red Van Halen shirt. (laughs) I'm like, he's like, Dad, you know, I could put the orange Thin Lizzy shirt on, you know. I'm like, no, you did good. You did all right. So he's he's he likes his collection, too, for a young kid. I said. You know, once you're done wearing that shirt, put them in plastic and don't get rid of them. I'm like, Absolutely. Tell him not to get rid of them, man. Big mistake I made. Yeah. Yeah. You can these vintage t-shirts on eBay going for hundreds of dollars. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I uh, we saw a secondhand store in downtown Dallas a while back. Some guy that had kept all of his shirts actually had them on racks for sale and they were anywhere from like 80 bucks up to a couple hundred bucks, depending on what the shirt was. Um, and, you know, part of me wanted to go in there and just grab everything off the rack and go to the checkout. But my wife, uh, cooler heads prevailed that day. So what about your favorite memory behind actually purchasing a shirt? I know you talked about the most meaningful shirt is the Billy Squire one. But in terms of purchasing one, what's the most memorable one that you, the experience to get this shirt or get a particular shirt? 
I like the ones where the I don't want to, I don't know if I should mention anybody in particular, but I like the ones where the bands are new enough and young enough to either be running their own merch stands or at least present at their own merch stands, right? And so, you know, getting a shirt from Nick of Joyous Wolf, for example, uh, uh, at, at his merch stand after a show, or getting a, a shirt from the the Black Moods guys uh, at, at the table after their show, there's just something really, really cool about being able to actually get the shirt right there, either directly from the artist or uh, at least in their presence. It, it, it just makes it, it makes the connection that you had with the music in the first place. It just kind of brings it all the way, the rest of the way home, if you will, and just kind of closes that connection all the way up because now you got to meet them. You got to interact with them. Um, and those two that I mentioned, just fabulous interactions with both of those both of those bands yeah that's so true i mean i've had the pleasure of meeting nick after a show uh and hanging out at the merch table talking with him and while i'm doing that you know all the other three guys in the band come up there and then i end up buying the the drum head that they have for sale and then have them all four of them autograph it and, and sign it to my son um but along yep. with buying other pieces of merch too as well but you know, and the Black Moods do a great job of that, you know, too. They're always hanging out and, and signing stuff for people and talking with them. I mean, Josh is, is, uh, is a great dude to talk with and, and communicate with. But yeah, that does mean a lot because years ago that never would happen. Very rarely did it ever happen. And it's a way for, for these young bands to connect with younger people. Also with us, people our age. But younger people are so into the experience that when they have the guy in the band selling merch after the show and you can take pictures with them and you can talk with them, that's huge for them, man. That That, that is huge for their fan base. That's a great way to grow their fan base. Yeah. And if you broaden your question just a bit, my answer would, would be different. Probably the most unique, and you know what I'm going to say, I think. Already, probably the most unique merch buying experience I ever had was not even a purchase. Uh, it was after an Abby K show last year in Dallas, where I mean, she we walked up to the merch stand and I had every intention of buying drum heads and this and that and whatever I could get my hands on. But she's like, Hey, are you fossil man? I'm like, y- Yes, <laughs> she's like, We've got something for you, and they pulled out that drum head over my shoulder there and gave it to me and autographed it to me and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that, um, won them a fan basically forever. The, the experience that they created for me, um, was just, is fantastic. Just an irreplaceable experience that, um, anything I can do to help them going forward, I will. Yeah, they're great. I had the pleasure of hanging out with all of them in Chicago uh, when they were playing their first gig in Illinois or in our area. I think they played downstate Illinois and took them to the Chicago Music Exchange, got them some Chicago pizza and then went to the show later on. And just a great group of, of young artists. So friendly, so um, just they were with my son. 
and yep. and just everything. And and they're a do it yourself our uh, you know band. I mean, it's Abby K. It's her band, but yep. they're just you know they're DIY. You you want to root for this band. You want to see them succeed because they are the epitome of what the grind is and and getting out there and doing it themselves every gig that abby has booked she has done it she's done wow. every every gig she's picked up the phone and she and she's call people and the story she tells about how she got the need strauss gig uh mm. is is fantastic you know like a young kid how many young kids today would 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 do that you know, yep. would would put themselves out there, make that call, have the guts to make that call. And so, that is uh, last year was with Nita Strauss. That was that tour where we met. Yeah. Her. And yep. But, you know, Diego and Zach and Abby, uh, if you're listening to this, she's got some great music. Um, she's got some more music on the way after the first of the year, I believe. And support artists like that because they, they need they need us. They need the fans to, to, uh, to support them and, 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 and contribute to what they're trying to accomplish. But yeah, they're, they're all three of those, those, uh, those young cats are, are, are fantastic. Yep. Absolutely. Like I mentioned it before the interview, like, like you're such a Jackal fan and I see your collection behind you with the vinyl and the guitars and the Abby K drum head. And I'm like, dude, you got to get a signed chainsaw. By jackal and have that that's again that's like a hunter putting like a, a a deer head you know in their in their living room above the, the fireplace that would be that'd be like the centerpiece of your collection you have people over you could sit there and just stare at it and talk about like why the chainsaw well this is the reason why you can tell them all about jackal and and the stage performances and how many times you've seen them and you, you can't go get a new one at like a home depot or menards in my opinion and i told this to high stick mick and Chris last night, you got to go like to an estate sale or like a garage sale and find a used one that's all beat up and been used. Like that, that defines rock and roll, right? It's been used and have them sign the blade or sign the base of it. That's what you need, man. That's, that's the, that's, that's a life goal for you right there. I, I will try to make that happen. I feel ashamed. I haven't done so already. And uh, the other thing I have to have is Jeff Worley, the guitar player for Jackal. I have to have one of his guitars that would um, make it complete for me. Cause I've got uh, Ace Von Johnson's my other favorite guitarist. I've got a couple of guitars from Ace. I would love to have one from Jeff. That Ace, would just make it complete. Yep. Ace is a fantastic guy. I, I yeah. yeah, he's, he's uh, one of my favorite people to interview and talk with and, just a a uh, a true gentleman, absolutely. Yep. So, what's next? Like, what shirts? What shows are you going to? And what which ones are you excited to get t shirts at? So, I'm not sure. We were going to go see Abby Kay in Shreveport, but I have to go to Kansas City for work that entire week, so I'm going to miss that one. Um, I did check the Kansas City show schedule. Unfortunately, nobody's there while I while I'm there. So so much for that. Um, I think there is a you know one or two shows here and there with younger bands um, in the Dallas area. 
it's a little bleak here schedule wise uh, for the next month or two, honestly, until the first of the year, we do have loudness coming next uh, spring, maybe. Yeah, to Dallas, Chicago here too. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, I have never seen them, um, and I know it's probably not the same guys and all that, but still, I'd, I'd like to see them. Um, I'd like to get back out to see uh, a band from Maryland again, uh, Ignite the Fire guys. Uh, we, we saw them last July. They've been around 10 or 11 years and they play a real um, kind of a, I don't know what the right word is, optimistic style of music, I guess. And and I really dig that as well. How far are you from Austin and Arlington, Texas and San Antonio? Arlington, we're really close, probably 30 miles. Austin is probably a couple hours. San Antonio's a drive. It's like four hours made bad by the fact you either have to drive through or around Austin. It's not as bad as it used to be. They put a loop in around it, but man, if you have to drive through Austin, forget it. So goodbye. June is playing Texas live. Yep. December 9th in Arlington. Yep. And on Saturday, they're playing San Antonio at the rustic and December 8th, they're playing Austin city limits live at the Moody theater. Yep. I do have those on my, possibility calendar and my calendar's in my notes on my phone so i can't really grab it to, to look what's in there right now yeah i think they're on with shane smith and the saints yep i've never seen goodbye june and you like loved them at at the uh firewater fest i i did and i saw you post maybe even earlier today probably a couple hours ago about blackberry smoke maybe being the best live band out there right now and I I actually enjoyed the Goodbye June set a lot more than I enjoyed the Blackberry Smoke set at the Firewater Festival. And the reason was Blackberry Smoke was absolutely perfect. I mean, they were fantastic. And the Goodbye June guys were just kind of a bundle of raw energy. They just kind of came out and just let you have it. Just full bore both barrels just let you have it the whole time they were up there and man i liked that i was fortunate enough to be able to stand pretty close get some pretty good pictures and all that kind of stuff um and i i just kind of fell in love with you know i'd already heard the music i'd already listened to the albums all that stuff but i hadn't really experienced them until i was able to stand like two people deep from the stage and see them live um yeah they're they're great man you might you might see them very 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 highly rated on my end of year list well i know tyler baker listens to this show and if he's listening dude you got to come to chicago i know when when like i talk to him i always say hey you know what today is he's like what it's one more day closer you play in chicago someday don't know when that's going to be but if you've ever seen the natural Tyler and you're listening, there's a, there's a whisper where he says, he's his pain. That's me. Ease my pain and come play Chicago. Come on, man. Like serious. You've never lived till you've seen goodbye June, dude, baby. I'm back live. Just fantastic, man. <laughs> I, I love that album. I, I absolutely love that album. And, uh, yeah, I, I need to see them live. So, uh, anyway. Yep. 
and I do have a goodbye June shirt. And when they were one, I mean, again, they were one of the ones there at Firewater. So yes, I've, I got a shirt. So. Blackberry smoke is great. And um, Tyler Bryant, if you've never seen him, he's fantastic. Yep. I have. He was from a relatively small Texas town, just a little bit northeast of where I live. So I was able to see him actually with Griffin Tucker opening for him um, several years ago. Yep. So he, I mean, high energy. Taylor, the drummer, is just uh, off the charts. And Graham, you know, the other guitar player, you know, Graham Whitford, Brad Whitford from Aerosmith's uh, uh, son. He's a hell of a guitar player, too. Yep. Very good. Yeah, I saw Pete Dank played with him. I saw your post yeah. on that. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. I'm going to go see uh, Pete Dankelson uh, Friday after Thanksgiving. So when this airs, I'll be uh, I'll be at that show that night uh, checking him out. He's playing the main level bar, Legends uh, House of Blues. So if anyone's listening in Chicago and got nothing to do tonight, uh, go check, you know, come check out Pete Dankelson and his band. They're, fa- they're fantastic. Pete just wails. He's an incredible player. He's one of those bands I would love to see, but like he mentioned earlier with Christian Shields, uh, he's a Chicago area guy, and I may not ever get up there to see him. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, they. I, I know they're talking about doing some stuff, you know, in some of the southern states in in uh, in the future. I don't know how how much of a possibility or how close they are to doing that, but I, I can see them doing that in the future. That'd be awesome. Yep. Yeah. Well, Rich, man, it's been a blast about uh, about your collection and your view on shirts and, and just the whole evolution of the Rock T-shirt and what it means today versus what it meant years ago. Uh, I'm glad we were able to have this conversation, man. Thank you very much. Thanks again for having me, Jay. I appreciate it, man. All right. Well, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter? Because I can't spell that. <laughs> so uh, I am Fossil Man on Twitter. It is at Packy Rhizotis, P-A-C-H-Y-R-H-I-Z-O-D-U-S. It's a extinct uh, genus of fossil fish that we go out and collect sometimes. So that's what that's what that is. If you do search up Fossil Man, it should come up. And uh, he's a great follow. He's uh, always posting cool stuff and the shows that he goes to. If you're a rock and roll fan. Uh, I highly suggest uh, following him on Twitter. You on any other social media platforms or is that it? That's uh, pretty much it. I do a little bit of Instagram, but that's it. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Jay Scott. Happy Thanksgiving. Getting ready for the holidays. Uh, Christmas will be here around the corner. Make sure you take care of everybody in your life that you love. And uh, we'll talk soon. Take care. Thanks. Spirit sinking down
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.